back over it is it starts to really uh, we, we this is the second part we're talking about conflicts again tonight tonight um, but uh, it, it's really a wind down and and these last few weeks is a time for you to really uh, reflect and just share you know part of your experience and part of your process that you've experienced with boundaries um, if, if you if you feel feel like you you would like to so um, tonight is uh, the second part of conflicts and last week we talked about just the overall burden that uh, <clears throat> that certain conflicts that we have conflicts that we have with ourselves, and ultimately conflicts whether we know it or not conflicts with God how that ultimately we put up these walls or we we carry this large burden and we don't we don't uh, we, we try to tackle things on our own and push through things and, and, and things get really heavy on us and we just need to take the load off of our shoulders. And how uh, Jesus says in his word that when we allow him to, when we, we, that he wants to come in and he wants to help shoulder this, this heavy burden and this load that we carry. To, uh, tonight we're going to talk about continuing that discussion but we're going to talk more specifically about situations with different groups of people. We're going to talk about five groups of people where boundaries, uh, where certain boundaries need to be put in place and how conflict will always arise. Within these groups of people, there will always be conflict. And that is just a given. But how to deal with these conflicts so that boundaries, healthy boundaries stay in place and healthy relationships stay in place. The five groups that, in, that we're going to talk about is um, our family. And that means um, family that lives un, with, within our household, but also family, other family. Grandmas, grandpas, sisters, brothers, cousins, whatever family that we interact with on a consistent basis that has some level of influence or would like to have a level of influence in our lives and speak into our lives and family that we speak into their lives. Uh, a lot of us here have several of those kind of relationships. Um, we're going to talk about uh, friends. Um, we've, ta- we've talked a little bit about friend- friendship, but we're going to go more specifically in uh, friendships that where conflict arises and when boundaries do get broken and what we are supposed to do with those friendships when those kind of things happen. When either we break a boundary in a friendship or that, or that friend breaks a boundary with us and um, either we get hurt or they get hurt, uh, you know, that's, uh, that's going to happen. It's going to happen in probably all your friendships, but how, how to deal with it um, determines whether you keep them as friends or not. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, spouse. Uh, what what conflict looks like in a marriage relationship, and um, it's that I, I'll guarantee you that that one's gonna happen. <laughs> that one's gonna happen, and it's gonna happen frequently. Um, but but the 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 marriage that uh, that does well is the marriage that can uh, have conflicts and be able to uh, move from conflict to conflict with with love and resolution. Because it, it, it's, it's going to happen, but you, it's figuring out how to work within each other's boundaries and how to work within each other's personalities to be able to resolve the issues that are going to come up on you know, a uh, frequent daily, weekly basis. Um, we have spouse. We have um, our, our relationship with our with children, with our children. And uh, 
what kind of conflicts will arise with that. Uh, children, I haven't, I, I don't have teenagers myself, uh, not old enough uh, to have teenagers. I, w- I would have had to start pretty early, but um, uh, <laughs> but I don't I don't have any uh, any teenagers. Obviously, w- instantly when we think of conflict with children, what usually jumps to our mind is uh, you know teenagers <laughs> because because it's such a uh, it's such a pivotal age where um, uh, there's a lot a lot of development, a lot of they 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 are creating their uh, they're almost to the point where they can make decisions on their own but they still need some guidance within that so there creates a lot of conflict with that but we're going to talk about children as a whole from you know zero to 18 Um, I can't speak a little bit into what life is like with uh, three children under the age of seven (laughs) Uh, many of you have had uh, children that of uh, that you've already raised and uh, you know you, you you probably have a lot more to say about some of these things than I would even with when it comes to children. Uh, then we're going to wrap it up with uh, uh, relationships within, within work, the workplace, and what that looks like, and, and um, what, what relationships, uh, what, what they can become in the workplace and what they shouldn't become, and, and all the things that are wrapped into work. Uh, we, we now, here at the church, we have... I don't know the exact number. We have about 10 people that would consider this place their place of work now. Uh, we, don't really, we don't necessarily employ people here at Grace Place, but we do have uh, a, uh, a partnership with Career Services. So not to mention that our, our, my family's always here. So my, myself, Jocelyn, Aaron, Charity, and Danny, we also have a whole group of people that uh, we have through Career Service. Jason is one of them. Jason in our group is one of them and uh, a few others and so um, we, we are establishing our own little work dynamic in here where boundaries are having to be put in place in the workplace. Many of you work, have work or currently work in a work, working environment <coughs> where things can be good and things can be not so good and so and we're going to talk about some of those conflicts. So we're going to open up with the first one talking about family. Now when I, uh, when I think of family I think of uh, specifically uh, people that are invested in you and you are invested to them on a deeper level that uh, the, the, the phrase we sometimes hear is blood is thicker than water. So you have this, this uh, closer um, attachment and relationship sometimes with people in our family. And it doesn't even necessarily have to be people in our household. It could even still be our parents. Uh, even in, in, as we get older, we still sometimes have our parents still like to give us input. And sometimes then we, in turn, have to give our parents input as we sometimes have to start taking care of them. And so there's a level of where boundaries have to be put in place within some of the conflicts. Uh, for example, when, uh, when, when you are growing up and you're making decisions and you are deciding where to go to school and how, uh, what kind of job you're going to work and who you're going to marry and who you shouldn't marry and, and all those kind of things, all those life decisions, it is important to have people that speak into your life and can help give some input as kind of a check and balance, people that care about you and, and that uh, maybe have experienced it themselves 
are, are currently experiencing. Or maybe you didn't. Or, or maybe you didn't get that at all. Yeah, maybe and yeah. maybe you didn't maybe get you didn't that have at, all. It at all. <laughs> and so sorry. Hey, no, that's fine. That's fine. And uh, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to shoot. Anyway, go ahead. So uh, we, uh, we so if you've had that, if you've experienced that situation, you can experience it in a healthy way, and you can even have those kind of people, and it can become very unhealthy. What, what is important to understand in family type relationships is fam, just because your family doesn't mean that you get to control another person. Uh, because they're your brother, your sister, your, your, uh, you know, your 25 year old kid, your, you know, 65 year old mother, uh, there's a level where as you grow and you, and you get input from them and you give input and you have that kind of relationship, it's important to understand that as we become adults that there's sometimes we have to make decisions and we have to walk through life. And as a Christian, as, as someone who has a relationship with Christ, sometimes the, the decisions we make are not going to be good ones. They're going to be bad ones and they're going to sometimes uh, lead us down a path or lead us into a situation that is not very desirable and maybe that person in our family was right maybe their input was right and we can hear and we can hear that out but ultimately we have to be within those conflicts we have to be responsible for ourselves and when when uh, the thing is is when sometimes the situations don't turn out perfect oftentimes God is behind the scenes perfecting you in other ways God doesn't. Uh, God doesn't refine uh, perfect people. He doesn't. Uh, he doesn't. You know, just he doesn't pick just the people that have it all together and say these are the these are my people. No, he he is looking for 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 his people to be people that need to be refined, that are gonna experience life, that are gonna make some mistakes. Now, I'm not saying that you know we need to go out and make some big mistakes tomorrow by any means, but. When it comes to living our lives, we need to sometimes just live our lives. And the, the best input you can get outside of even family is God. It's being in prayer. Because when we are in deep thought and prayer about our situations, whether we have family there or not, there's nothing better than the input and the comfort and the, and the guidance that we receive from God. And that and family is important. Don't get me wrong. I have lots of family that loves to give me lots of input, but <laughs> they do. And then sometimes it drives me crazy. Sometimes I appreciate it. Sometimes it drives me crazy. Now I'm having to make decisions for other people in my family. Um, and uh, now that 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 role is starting to change in some aspects of my life, you know, it, it's important for me to to still respect the people. You know, we 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 say, well, I love you. But there still is that level of re- respect that we still have. Uh, I, uh, you know, I am thinking in the terms of as my parents are getting older, and there will be a day where you know I will have to make some decisions where we'll have to make decisions with her dad. I, I not only love her dad, but I respect her dad, and I want to. One of the reasons why I'm here at Grace Place. Now I love Grace Place. Don't get me wrong, but one of the major reasons why I'm here is I want to continue to see this vision and this mission of Grace Place continue to grow and continue to be here even after he can't do it anymore and be able to put something in place where, uh, where, where he has something that can take care of him for the long term. Um, 
my, I think he said, I, I'm going to say this because he said it publicly to the churches, he, he opted out of Social Security a long time ago. So my father-in-law, you know, will not be receiving any government assistance. Uh, he has had um, fraud activity happen to him before, and so he doesn't essentially, he doesn't have any retirement. So this is it. This is it for him. So, so what, uh, what is here built with the church? Not only are we loving people through the ministry of Grace Place Church, uh, like I said in the first few weeks, that uh, for me, I have to provide for my family. Well, he is part of my family as well. And sometimes we have to kind of extend those boundaries past the people that just live in our household. We have other people uh, within our family that we have to uh, pray and figure out how we are going to take care of them someday as well. Um, so that is uh, conflicts within family. The conflicts within friendships is that uh, sometimes within our friendships we, we have different, I, I call it different seasons of friends. <laughs> uh, the friends I had in, as a child are much different than the friends I had in high school for the most part. Friends I had in high school were much different than the friends I had in college. The friends that I've had uh, as a, um, a single guy, a, a single young, young guy, uh, are much different than the ones I have had now that I have kids and I've been married. And I'm sure they're going to be much different as my kids become teenagers and sports teams and, uh, and all the things that develop and kids leave the house and churches and all those things play a part into what becomes your friendships. But what makes friendships healthy is, is being able to work through, uh, work through the issues that, that come about within friendships. My strongest friendships that I still have to this day, I still have um, friends that I've grown up with and I've had through college and all those things and, and as an adult. And the ones that last are the ones that not only experience conflict, but we're able to push through the conflict and push past uh, some of the issues that may uh, have rose be, uh, risen within the situations. I do have friendships where conflict did arise, and we were really never able to completely get past it. We, yeah, we were able to come to a place where maybe we forgave each other, um, where we said we're sorry, but there, was, there had, maybe had to be a parting of ways. I think of the story in the Bible of the church is, the church has just started, and you have a, a bunch of leaders within the church. And one of the strongest leaders that we see in the New Testament is the Apostle Paul. And the Apostle Paul uh, had a friend named Barnabas. And uh, Barnabas, uh, they, they refer to as this guy who was just really encouraging. I think Barnabas actually means the great encourager. This guy, he was part of, of Paul's ministry and they did ministry together and they uh, were doing miraculous things for, for, for God and helping churches grow and doing all kinds of things. They had a disagreement. They had a disagreement over over another leader within the church and how they were going to handle this situation uh, with another, with a pastor, with another ministry leader, and where he was going to go, and uh, what whose missionary journey he was going to be a part of. But whatever the point may be, they had this conflict that arose between them. And within that conflict, they couldn't come to a, any kind of uh, resolution to how to solve this conflict and how to continue to have this conflict be in the center of the relationship and do health, have healthy ministry take place 
and them to they, it wasn't going to happen with them doing it together. And so we see in the Bible where they actually had to part ways. They had to separate. They didn't not love each other anymore. They weren't they 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 didn't stop being friends. Uh, but they understood that in that se- the next season of life, they weren't going to be able to to have the same relationship they did previously. And my my 30 years of living on this earth I've had several of these relationships. And it's not that I stopped thinking about those people. It's not that, that I, didn't, I don't care about those people. Um, it's just that it, there, there was something that needed to change. Uh, I'll be transparent. We had a relationship uh, with uh, Corey and Brittany, who were, was actually a part of um, Grace Place first starting up. And they were the a young couple. They were actually the first marriage in Grace Place. And uh, Corey and Brittany, we, we weren't real close. To, we, we didn't work at Grace Place for the first few years that Grace Place was in existence. We were doing other things. But uh, we uh, uh, felt called to start a church, GPS church. And we were going to start it out of our home out in Spanaway. And uh, we, we get a phone call from Corey. And he says, hey, I want to come eat dinner with you guys. I really... You know, this is something that m- me and my wife, Brittany, would be really interested in being part of. I said, great, yeah, sounds good. So they came over for dinner, and we never had them over for dinner before. And uh, uh, we really hit it off with them. We, we became really good friends, and uh, they helped us start the church. And as you know, with, with Corey and Brittany, they're very hands-on, and, I mean, they just do a ton of things. They did a ton of things when they were here, and, um, and they were doing the same thing with us when we started the church. Uh, different things happened. Brittany's parents moved away to North Dakota, uh, and um, she uh, really wanted to move to North Dakota. And and then Corey felt called to North Dakota, and they were an instrumental part of not only our lives, but they were an instrumental part of the church's lives. So we, you know, it, it, and there were some struggles and some conflict with with how some of that was going to work out, and some of the things that we had to deal with just within conflict within friendships sometimes that you have. Um, and they went to North Co- Dakota, and it was got what God has called for them in their lives. They're doing great out there. They're actively involved in the church out there. They just bought a house. So they're kind of reestablishing themselves out there. Now, I loved having them be a part of our church, and I loved having them to just be a part of our lives. Um, they became um, a huge part of my children's lives as well. They saw them probably, you know, pretty much as like an aunt and uncle. And... Uh, so, you know, some of those things are going to happen. Uh, you're going to have friendships, and that's just one story. And I'm sure that you guys have a ton more uh, of stories that are like that. Um, but what's important is that the friendships that you have, when expect that there's going to be conflicts. Be prepared for those kind of things. Because when those conflicts do come up then, and you're prepared for them, you'll also be prepared on how to deal with them and how to push through those things so that... Or part ways. Or, or be uh, be prepared to have to part ways in certain situations. Because knowing your boundaries is going to be knowing whether this friendship is good for you. Because maybe that conflict is because you're realizing that you shouldn't be friends with that person. Exactly. There are some conflicts that come into a relationship or a friendship that you go, "Whoa, I do, well that just crossed that crossed your line." And that's when you sometimes just take a step backwards. And you're still acquaintances. You still see them. But they're not like in your house every day. And like, hey, let's go shopping. And let's go do whatever we probably are supposed to be doing. You know, 
those things sometimes were that conflict God puts there because he wants you to say goodbye. There are, and there's sometimes where you go, don't make the anthill a mountain. And especially as women, we can make an anthill this big mountain that's just silly. Like, you know what? You like different colors, get over it. I mean, it's never that simple, but I'm saying, like, or you didn't like how they talked to, you know, your kid. You know, all moms are protective of your children, and a friend gets comfortable in your home and with your children, and they go, stop doing that. It offends you. <laughs> it's an anthill. Don't make it a mountain. They didn't hit your child. They didn't do anything. They, And even if that means a conversation needs to take place, then have the conversation. Hey, you know what? I really value your friendship. I really just didn't like how that you, that situation goes down. Or you can just stop talking to them forever and never talk to them again. It gets awkward. You run into them. Oh, yeah, I'm busy. Sorry. <laughs> you know, all those awkward things happen. Or you could have, that makes it the mountain because he didn't bring it up, you know, right then. You can go, hey, I didn't like that. Or the next day or, you know, let a little time go by. But, you know, there, there's two situations where with friends, Either iron sharpens iron, and it's, you know, you, normally we only have one or two best friends. That's just the truth. You only have certain people that iron really does sharpen iron. You got a lot of acquaintances. And in those, you know, and you sometimes you have people that come in and you think, oh, they may be that best friend, that lifelong friend they've been really needing. And then you realize as you get closer, well, that wasn't that person. All right, excellent. <laughs> you know, because, you know, and those are, that's real life. And sometimes, you know, God brings conflict in. As a ding, 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 the red light's flashing, the boundaries are broken, get away, you know. Or it's just the conflict's there to iron sharpens iron. The conflict's there, maybe you have a check because you do need to bring it up to the front. Maybe God's saying, hey, you are the iron that's going to sharpen the iron. And if you didn't bring it up and you just never bring it up, then you're not doing what God's asking you to do as a friend. And so, there, but there's two very distinct different. And sometimes you can think this person's that person, and life happens and it doesn't trot the, you know, and sometimes we do need to, or even say, for a while I can't, can't be friends. I got to handle this in my life or you need to handle this in your life and I will be here when, you know, or I'll walk you through it if you're willing to take this path instead of this path or whatever, but. Yeah. Um, spouse, uh, conflict within uh, marriage relationships. Uh, like I said, they're going to happen. Uh, they're going to happen. Um, they're going to happen frequently. Uh, the the uh, the tough the, the you know the the part that uh, we live in a culture where um, uh, divorce separation is is very real in the in the culture we live in. It's become uh, this you know obviously you know the statistic is higher uh, for that than it is for marriages that actually work out and survive. Um, and uh, in some ways, uh, the reason a lot of that exists is because of there was never a healthy conflict. Uh, how to work through conflict put with within the marriage to begin with. Uh, I remember, you know, many, many of you can remember you're in a dating process and the person seems just wonderful, the perfect person. Maybe you have a few issues that arise, but boy, that... That is not the case after you get married. You know, they, there, there is some, a uh, lot of things that take place. Now, don't get me wrong. I, I love my wife more every single day. And as we have worked uh, through our marriage now past five years, 
I love her way more than I did even even then. <laughs> even when we were dating, you know, and, and we didn't have as many issues. Um, but the reason I can say that is because when we have had conflicts that, that arise, and, and they do, um, we, we have actually learned how to work within conflict better with each other. Um, some of the worst ways to handle conflict is, uh, you know, we talked about it in the last couple weeks, of, you know, is, it's okay to be angry, but it's not okay to let your anger, um, it's not okay to let your anger be a, uh, uh, an outward reaction, so to speak. You know, there, anger is very much, is an, is an inward, uh, inward feeling that we feel. But when it becomes an outward feeling is when it starts to get very um, unhealthy. And we sometimes maybe say things that we wish we would have taken back later. Or we say things just to, just to you know, fire a dart at somebody and say, how does that feel? You know? or, or whatever the case may be. And, and what happens is, is as conflict arises and we're not handle, it's not being handled in a healthy, loving way here, then it, it'll rise over here and then it just, it just keeps on rising. Uh, the, in, in Ephesians, uh, it, it's made very clear in God's word that uh, he, he makes this comparison to uh, the church, the relationship the church has with Christ, to a marriage relationship. And the passage that sometimes people get hung up on is the women, you know, the, uh, women submitting, but that's like such a small portion of it because the, the, the whole passage is talking about the sacrifice and the love that was that God gave through His Son Christ for His church, and compares that in the same way of how a marriage relationship is going to work. Yes, uh, the man they they make it clear in the Bible that the man is to be the head of the household. But what that really means is that yes, uh, the the man needs to be respected, but the man is going to be respected when he loves his wife. And in the same way, we respect Jesus as our Lord and Savior. And he, my man. And he is the head of our household. But when we, when we are no longer, you know, when, when we are not respecting Jesus, there, there's something that comes out of balance in there, and conflict is not being resolved in our lives. When we are no longer having Jesus be, a, be the head of our household. In the same way, we make tons of mistakes and we sin all the time. Tons of mistakes. But what it says in the Bible is that he is going to present us as, as a spotless bride. Spotless bride. Without, without any, I don't see, he doesn't see us with any issues, spotless bride. In the same way, in a marriage relationship, every, uh, both people are going to make mistakes. But it's important for the husband to, to uh, just in the same way as Christ loves his church, as the head of, of the household of the church, in the same way the husband needs to love his wife. So when, when my, me and my wife are getting into it and we are in total disagreement and conflict over a situation, if it's important for me to understand that I may disagree with my wife, and I'm not saying I'm just going to give in to her every time, and, and just say, you know, it, you know, well, but, but there's a level of, if, if, if I say, if I come to a place where 
I'm looking to resolve the conflict and I'm looking to love my wife through the conflict and sometimes just say, you know what, honey, I disagree with you, but I still love you. And not say that in like a mean, you know, you could sometimes say that in a mean way, but say it in a way that's genuine and real. My wife may actually come back a couple days later and go, you know what, you're right. And I just, you know, thank you. Thank you for just loving me and being my husband. And um, it's sometimes it's a, it, when when we are quick to forgive and have grace and love our wife, it, it's amazing how much more respect she's going to give the man. And it's the and they compare it within the church because it works the same way. As 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 we as we see Jesus as the head of our household, being the church, and as we respect him, he is loving us every single day through every one of our mistakes. And in the same way, that's how he designed marriage to be. Marriage and the church go hand in hand throughout the whole entire Bible because they're, they're the strongest bonds and the strongest relationships you're going to ever have in your life. Whether you're married or not, the church is very much like a marriage relationship with Christ. And so um, it's a conflict that will always arise. We live in conflict every single day. Every single day we live in conflict. And Christ is continually loving us and pulling us through those. Uh, through those conflicts and resolving them with us, whether we know it or not, he already resolved them on the cross. So, um, when it comes to uh, to children, uh, the the Bible makes it clear how we are to uh, how how we are to interact with our children. Uh, they 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 make it very clear to children that they're to obey, obey their parents, and they make it very clear that parents aren't to uh, aggravate and, and and antagonize their children. Boy, as a father, sometimes that can be tough. I'm real sarcastic, and so, <laughs> so I, so I struggle with that one sometimes. But, um, but that relationship with your kids, as, as I, as I've experienced in this in this short time, and like I said, you guys probably have better things to say about parenting than I do. But what I can tell you, uh, out of God's word, out, out of the Bible, is that He He makes it very clear that uh, that children are considered to be blessings, that they're considered to be um, a gift that is given by God, and if we the day that we stop seeing our children as a gift, and the day we stop seeing them as a blessing, and, and we we our relationship will change with our children. The day we start thinking of them in, in a other way than how God intended us to think about our children, the day that happens, your children will 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 see that, and the day they pick that up is the day that they will start living in disobedience. Now I'm not saying that your are you know that your children will not disobey. Believe me, my children mm-hmm. disobey all the time. But the what what I have realized is that the even though my children disobey, if I can still love my children through disobedience and still correct them out of love and and be able to um, be their dad, you know, a dad in a way that where I spend. Uh, the extra time with them and those kind of things, it makes it, it's not so much of you did this wrong and you did that wrong. I don't have to do that as much. They're going to still make mistakes, and I still need to correct those mistakes. But they're going to want to do. They're going to want to correct those mistakes more because their dad's on their side. It's because their dad is 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 wanting to help them, you know, develop as kids into teenagers. I'm sure it will be, and they'll probably make plenty of mistakes then. But I believe that. And through 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 God's word, that His parenting method is is correcting, but correcting in love, 
and and doing everything in a loving way and if you love your kids yes they may stray from the path and they may make some big mistakes but at the end of the day if they know that their parents are on their side and they know that their parents love them and that they know that they are a blessing to their parents just like we are a blessing to God if they the day they when they they know that 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 is present in your relationship they're going to come back to you and they are going to continue to be your children and 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 like I said life is going to be full of conflict and circumstances and God's going to grow them through it just like he has grown all of us through it and uh, um, there there will even be uh, you know a time where um, where you'll have to uh, let your children um, grow up and I we're far from that um, mm -hmm. but uh, there will be that day where they do have to make some, some of their own decisions. And uh, I, I, that will probably be a time where I'll be praying a lot. My wife probably more. <laughs> but uh, um, but as, as the more we see our kids as blessings um, and we love our children, the more they're, the, it's just going to come natural to want to obey. Not they're going to obey, but they're, they're going to want to obey. Um, not only obey you, but also be obedient to God and be a part of the church and, and those kind of things. Because there's, there's nothing, nothing more important, um, as, as a Christian parent, uh, there shouldn't be anything more important than helping your kids establish a relationship with, with Christ for eternity. Nothing more important. And uh, if, it, if it hasn't, uh, if, if, if they have not, if they don't have that relationship with Christ, um, it's something that we need to continually be praying about all the time, and continue to um, not guilt them into not coming to church or things like that, but um, finding ways, uh, creative ways to uh, have the gospel introduced to them in the in the everyday sense. I'm not just saying present the gospel to them, because a lot of our kids that did go to church at one point or another, they know the Bible stories, but I'm talking about the gospel in, you made a mistake, but Jesus still loves you just like he loves me. And if I've made mistakes, forgive, you know, I ask for your forgiveness. And when we do that, our children see that, and it kind of shocks them. You know, <laughs> my parents did it with me, and it kind of shocked me. So, <laughs> um, The last one is in the workplace. Uh, workplace conflict arises almost on, you know, it arises all the time. Depends where you work. Um, it depends on who you work with and all those things. You, you can't always determine those kind of things. Unless you own your own business, you can hire people, but then you have to work with clients, and that's actually even worse. Um, <laughs> so, um, and uh, I've, ex I've experienced um, being employed, I've experienced having the clients and all those kind of things, and I can tell you firsthand that it's actually easier to just be employed somewhere and work and get along and work with other people. But... Obviously, within some of those relationships, you bring all kinds of different personalities into the workplace. You, do, you bring different religions. You bring different, all kinds of different things. I, I worked at um, a marketing company uh, in Tacoma, and I worked with um, the guy that I shared my office with was, uh, was uh, a Muslim. It wasn't an office. It was like half a desk. It was a really small office. So. <laughs> um, and, he, and he would... Uh, he would pray. I was actually very impressed with how dedicated they are to like prayer, like consistent prayer. Um, but you know, it was a little different for me that you know he uh, would lay down the carpet or 
or whatever the case may be and pray. And, and, and it didn't freak me out or nothing, but um, it was different. And I had to, uh, I, he knew I was a pastor as well. And so we had lots of discussions. Aaron, we, we actually, Aaron uh, shared an office with me as well, Pastor Aaron, here at the warehouse. And so here it is, me and Aaron, and we're sharing the office with him. And he was actually our intern. Um, he was a UW student. And uh, we were able to have lots of discussions with him. And, um, but it's important that um, as people are different than us, is that we respect other people's boundaries as well. Uh, I never once tried to convert him. <laughs> it wasn't my goal to convert him to Christianity. Um, it was my goal to present the gospel to him. And there is a big difference. And uh, as I was able to present the gospel, there were, there were certain aspects that he didn't necessarily agree with. And, uh, and whether he agreed with them or not, I didn't need to be an apologist and argue my points with him. Um, but by presenting those... He was able to also share some of uh, his life with me. And uh, um, you never know what happens to some of those things that are planted in people's lives. But what I can tell you is that that was a positive relation, working relationship that I had. The conflict was religion. But we didn't let it become a conflict that, that made it so that we couldn't work together. And that we couldn't be friends in the workplace. Uh, we remained friends. And, uh, and he was very, and he was open to what I had to say, and I was open to what he had to say. Um, but uh, that's important in the workplace. It may be religion for some, it may be, um, it may be other things that you guys have differences on. Lifestyle. Lifestyle is always a big a difference in the workplace. You, uh, you, you work in certain environments where uh, the majority of the people, you know, where, where uh, a lot of the people, maybe their Friday night activity looks a little different than your Friday night activity. Um, that doesn't make them any less of a person. It just makes them a person with a different lifestyle. And uh, um, I, I mean, I've, I've uh, worked at a factory where that was the case. It, I mean, it was a tough job and everyone, you know, worked, a gr it was a graveyard shift. So you worked till, you know, from basically six to six. Um, and uh, first thing in the morning, you know, on that Saturday morning, that's what they would do. You know, that was their night. You know, they would find... There was a place that, you know, a bar that was open. And, and I, uh, I built up a relationship with many of them. And we had a, I respected, uh, I respected them. I, I wasn't going to, uh, whether I was, go I was going, in, going into ministry or not, I wasn't going to um, guilt, I wasn't going to point my finger at anybody. Um, it's very important that uh, as a Christian in the workplace, that uh you know, that we're not condemning the people we're working with. Um, but the most important thing we can do is to be, live the gospel, uh, live a life that uh, exemplifies uh, Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, and how that's real and alive in our lives. And when that opportunity presents itself, to be able to talk about that. Um, or invite them to church, or an activity, or when they, when they are tired of maybe that lifestyle, or whatever the case may be, um, you are somebody that maybe they trust someday. Uh, one of the important boundaries that I'm going to throw in there for within the workplace is being able to uh, protect yourself in the workplace from, uh, from relationships with the opposite sex. Um, if, you are, if you're married and you're in the workplace, 
family life can sometimes get tough. Marriage relationships can get really tough sometimes. And if you share an office with somebody with opposite sex, uh, that or can, cubicles. Or cubicles. That can be uh, that can be a difficult thing because they're going to ask you, well, how, how are you doing? How was your week? And what can happen is not necessarily a sexual relationship, but you can sometimes have, you know, emotion, an emotional adulterous relationship where you start pouring into somebody else uh, emotionally or they're pouring into you and instead of you um, pouring out your emotions to your spouse who you need to be dealing with the conflict with. And so within the workplace and the work environment, um, it's very important to have boundaries. Uh, you just have to have them going in, in the door every single day and know what those are, know how you want to be treated and know how you need to treat other people and know um, how you need to protect yourself um, as well. Um, working is important. It's what God gives us to provide for our families. Um, but first and foremost, uh, we are called to be missionaries. Every single one of us is called to be a missionary and a minister of the gospel. And so that needs to be number one in our, in our thoughts and our minds when we enter the workplace is that's what we're doing. I'm not asking anybody to go and, you know, get a box and stand on it and lose their job tomorrow. Um, but, uh, but, but the way that we, we interact within the workplace will definitely, it will show if, if we truly believe that uh, we are called first and foremost to be the, um, God's missionaries. So, um, does anybody have anything else they'd like to add? Any, uh, any other things to um, this final bound? The, any of the conflicts we talked about? Oh, you know I always have something to add. I just thought I'd give somebody an opportunity to start. So the workplace one, um, the boundary thing, it's it's hugely impactful. And, it, and it's, it's also not only the workplace boundaries, but what your role is within the workplace. Because I, I'm a supervisor, and there are certain boundaries that, you know, everybody knows I'm the bubbly one. It's like, why are you always so happy? Good, you know. I know who provides my needs, you know, so I have to subtly, you know, lay out those little seeds and stuff, but sometimes it can be taken, um, I'll just say, because we have church members here that are also mm -hmm. Comcasters as well, and there's sometimes where they think that just because we may have a certain outside working relationship that it's to be the same on the workplace. Well, I do not mix my two together. I always mix my Lord with everything, but when it comes to those boundaries, when it comes to work, um, I don't ever want somebody to think that I'm gonna show you any favoritism just because we have a relationship outside work and that's my boundary. So I try to make it very clear, you know, and I try not to step over those boundaries at work and get too involved with people I work with. Like, there's no celebrating outside work, you know. We go to church, that's different. <laughs> but I choose not to have those outside work relationships because even in any type of leadership role, it doesn't matter if you're still at work, you're still in a leadership role, and you never want to cross that boundary. So I always, they it's say, like well, the let's Christmas go. party. Yeah. It's like the Christmas party gone bad, and the next day that person's fired. Because <laughs> no matter what, yeah. you're still, you exactly. still represent We're them. You're still representing yeah. the company. And, yeah. yeah. You know, when you're in leadership, you have to be aware of those type of boundaries. So I try not to mix any of that together yeah. so that I myself don't have to worry about that conflict mm -hmm. because that is definitely a conflict of interest. If you were partying with your coworkers, mm -hmm. um, even though they may not be on your team, you're still part of the company. You're still representing the company outside. So 
it's it's really important to be able to have that type of boundary, yet still let um, our missionary work pass over that boundary without feeling fear. Because that's one thing I've learned over the last couple of years just to circumstances that the Lord has allowed me is that there shouldn't be fear of being able to speak his name and, mm -hmm. and, and work and you know praise God fire me if I've answered the name of Jesus <laughs> I'm like I will gladly take my unemployment check um, <laughs> if that means I get terminated for it but it is that certain um, area where you kind of you, you walk that fine line you don't want to like you say you don't want to enforce your values on them you want to be open but you always want to have that door of communication open so basically it's how your actions are really your ministry work. You don't even have to speak the spoken word, it's how you act and present yourself, and you hold yourself um, accountable, knowing that you know, you're know you not necessarily worried about how they're judging you, but you're worried about when you go up, how are you gonna be judged? Did you really represent me the way I wanted you to? Or did you put on a false image of me that was fake and that nobody really believed? So I think it's real important that when you do have those boundaries of work when it comes to that type of there's plenty of opportunities to witness to those in a subtle way just by your actions. Mm -hmm. And with the children thing, it's true. There's that day where there's conflict <laughs> in teenagers. But what I've learned over time is that me blowing up and getting angry doesn't solve the problem or the situation. It actually puts me in subject to being, um, you know, oh, okay, the lightning bolt's gonna come down because you really weren't supposed to react that way. So I have to catch myself sometimes and apologize in advance, even though my children may be way out of line and that they really crossed over um, my boundary and they shouldn't have acted and reacted and reacted <laughs> that way. I shouldn't have reacted that way. So sometimes I have to show them that true love by saying, you know what, I am really sorry that I yelled at you. I apologize. I didn't handle that the way I would like to, and I'm sorry that I was angry with you in that way and raised my voice. However, you know, I really would like you to teach, um, treat me with some respect when it comes to that. And I think it was been more responsible, or they respond better to that than just me not going forward first and setting that example, you know what? I admit that I have some part in this, and I think they respond to that better, at least with this one. It works better. Cause she, you know how you say women hold on to things and make out of Yeah. <laughs> it can get huge over nothing. And by the time the night rolls on, if we don't really address it quickly, it'll drag on forever and we won't even know what we argued about. Yeah. We don't know <laughs> oh, like, what was what that? <laughs> so it's, sometimes it's like, okay, you know what? Come and give me a hug. Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. Uh -huh. <laughs> you know, I don't know what happened. I'm sorry I yelled at you. <laughs> and <great>. everything's better, <laughs> but it's that. It, it sometimes it's that that pride that you really you know you think that you are um, you're in control and you are right because you're the parent. Sometimes it's not about being right; it's about doing the right thing. And sometimes that means you're gonna have to be the bigger person mm -hmm. and show them that you know what. Even though we're having arguments and everything, I still love you. Really, I was trying. I think it's haunting me today. That's no, I think it was my saying. signal. I hear you, Lord. Next. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of what you just said about your daughter is true in, in marriage as well. Sometimes we just have to say, you know what, whether I was right or wrong, it doesn't really matter. I wasn't representing Christ, and you know, it's time for reconciliation rather than um, being right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, 
sometimes, however, you get in a situation where I am the parent with the house and the adult children came home <laughs> and wanted to be the adult in the house and for four years there, that is one of the reasons why the ones that are now teenagers are on a wrong path is because the adult children did not have any respect for the mother and the owner of the house. And we all went down bad paths. And we haven't really any of us corrected it yet because we haven't figured out, I don't think, how. Except that we've gotten to the Lord and said, okay, well, here that's we how. are, help so, us. That's how. <laughs> you admit the first off, I can't do it. Yeah. There's no way I got myself into it, but you know what? Yeah. The only way I can get out of it is that you direct my path and you intervene and you intercede because that <laughs> you know I talk with my hands. She's Italian. What did she say? <laughs> I am a little bit. Great American melting pot right here. Hello. That's the first step. This part's the Italian part. That's the first step, is it? You know, you're helpless. Humble yourself before the Lord. He's going to meet those needs, you know, in His timing. And sometimes those roads are tough. It would be nice to know if His timing was going to get here before I die, though. (laughs) (laughs) You know, they did wander for 40 years. I'm just saying. I for a short trip. (laughs) Sometimes there's lessons to be learned. No, no, no. I know. Like 40 years. Yeah, I know. What do you mean? I don't have. That's amazing. It's like, why, Lord? For 40 years? You know? Well, that's better than one that was 400 years. Come on now. Well, I mean, uh, it takes out all those generations so we can get back to first ones. When I was a kid in the first part of my life, and, and, um, what I was anyway, and and just stuffed it all in. Am I turning red? Because I feel like I'm really hot right now. <laughs> but anyway, I just kind of let you know where. I, but uh, and stuffed all that in, and uh, for you know a good thirty years, you know it took me, me until I re finally uh, I had a spiritual awakening with God, and I don't know why I'm sharing this, but I'm going to go ahead and share it. But. Uh, because all you guys have this, these different lives in me, that's why I'm sharing this. But, and then for for me to uh, wake up and realize that uh, that that he that it's only through him. Oh, and that to forgive to forgive the other people that that um, causes. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. When I was a children, because when you got kids, like you're talking about your kids, you guys just don't know how much I think. Gosh, I mean that's so cool to be able to be raised by. Parents like you guys or anybody that fears God because because I wasn't. You know, I was, you know, raised by heathens. And uh, and I become a heathen. And it's not, you know, and then wake it, you know, I don't know where I'm going with that. I'm sorry, but I'm not a heathen anymore. You know, I'm a child of God and I'm maybe a little bit insecure, but but through him all things are possible and I'm just that going to keep trying. Sorry. Yeah. Hey, so yeah. not done with any of us yet. Yeah, I'm so. <laughs> Did I go off in a different no, direction? No, no, no you're good. fine. Oh, good. Uh, I think, Jesus, that people go through our life experiences or testimony as we get saved. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping. I'm, I'm hoping There's that, someone that something good will come out of, uh, you know, what, what I've experienced, you know. 
Yeah. Because it says it in the Word. I know that, that they're, you know, but it's going to have to be God pulling that testimony out there. I've got a testimony, let me tell you. Boy, <laughs> you know, what, the things that I used to be and what I am now and what, um, I mean, I'm not even, I'm not that the person that I was. I mean, we know. At all. <laughs> I've given it all to Him, every single area. You know, it's not, like you said, we, we struggle each day, but I've given every area to Him, you know, and and uh, to know that I don't have to walk through it alone. I don't. I may be alone the rest of my life, but I've got him. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Without going any further. <laughs> <laughs> so. Okay, are we done. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well I'll I'll, uh, I'll wrap us in prayer and. Uh, okay. Lord, I uh, I just thank you for. Um, just the openness of uh, of everybody tonight, Lord, and just uh, how important it is to hear just how people have ex- different people, different walks, different lifestyles have experienced you in different ways, and and how um, you just never know uh, who will walk in those doors, uh, who you will bring here, God, in the, in whatever week, whatever night. Um, but every one of us, uh, you have refined us in a way that and given us uh, something to say uh, a way to present your gospel to people through the ways we've experienced it and I uh, I thank you for that Lord I want to continue to pray for Joan uh, family and Stephanie and uh, and that uh, her being pregnant Lord and and keeping that baby safe and, and Stephanie safe Lord and, and helping uh, that situation out Lord and I uh, just again, thank you, Lord, for this night and uh, uh, the, giving us the opportunity to uh, uh, talk about your word and uh, how to to live your truths. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Oh, well, thank you all for coming tonight. So we got a couple couple more weeks next. The next couple weeks are called boundary successes. So, um, so. Man. <laughs>